0: Wapak Naz is Love People, Loving People to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Nas to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Before we move on, I just want to read this scripture that I read this morning that I just thought was fitting just for uh for today psalm 24 uh, if you want to look back on that today you can this is the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters who may ascend the hill of the lord who may stand in his holy place And then moving down, verse 8, it says, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. I want to remind you today, before we get into the teaching and the sermon, is that um, whatever you're walking through, remember that as you pray, you're praying from the victory that Jesus won on the cross and that the Lord is mighty in battle so as you fight as you bring burdens, as you bring cares and anxieties and worries the Lord is fighting alongside of you and in fact He's fighting well ahead of you So. I just sensed that that was a good word today that we needed to hear. And I was encouraged by that when I read that this morning. So uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to transition into the teaching. Uh, Jesus, uh, you're sovereign. You're in control. And uh, I'm grateful that even... In your sovereignty, you allow us that free will to choose. Today, may we be mindful of what we choose and who we choose. And I ask that um, our hearts move in the direction of you. And that our choices reflect you and honor you. That's a beautiful sound Lord. I love you, Jesus, Will you teach us today through the Word of God, because it's really important that we put the Word of God into our life and figure out what it says about our life. It is in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. uh, Before we move into the sermon, I want to kind of just let you know, uh, a friend of mine, Eric Smith, uh, he is a missionary, he's from Oklahoma, I believe, and uh, he lives in Germany. I met him about four years ago in Darmstadt, Germany, um, and uh, he serves as pastor at Church in Action, Kirche in Aktion. I don't even know if that's right German. If you speak German, let me know. Uh, but he, he, he serves as pastor in Darmstadt in, in Germany, and uh, um, they're doing an amazing work, and I'm, I'm blessed and privileged to, to bring him in. He's coming in here on June 4th, uh, and I just highly encourage you, uh, he's a man of God, and he's on fire, and uh, he ministers to a lot of folks, um, whether they're Syrian refugees, that it's no longer in the news, right, but they're still, they're still moving, and uh, so he, he ministers to a lot of folks through Church in Action, and I just really encourage you to be here for that moment, um, not just to listen to the stories, but to say, you know what, what he's doing, we can do in our own homes, in our own communities, and uh, with that heart and that passion, a heads up, we are going to take a love offering that morning for him. He doesn't know that. I haven't told him that, but we are. We're just going to love on him uh, so that he can continue to do the ministry that he's doing out in Germany. And so with that said, uh, man, I got a couple things I want to, I've got a couple shovels over here. and we're going to play Guess the Job. Guess the job. That's, that's the first game we're playing this morning. Uh, guess the job that was my first job outside of my home as a kid that utilized shovels. Now, let, let's give us your best guess. I was probably eight or nine years old, and I did get paid for it. So she got it right away. I was a pooper scooper. My first job was a pooper scooper at my next door neighbor's house. And yes, I was surprised that you got that. that I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Can I, can I get two, uh, I need two volunteers, two teenagers or young adults. Uh, to, all right. Okay. My goodness. Come on up. Come on up. I'm going to move this out of the way here. And uh, all right, before we begin, we're, do you, I, I'm asking a young generation, do you ever watch uh, Price is Right? Have you ever played, the, uh, you ever seen the game high or low, higher or lower, where they have to figure out a price, and, and, and essentially there's a price, and they're guessing to figure out that price. Higher, higher, lower, lower, until they land on that price. Make sense? Yes? So before before we begin, we're going to have a duel, because one of you is going to play the game, the other is going to be the timekeeper, but one of you is going to walk away with a prize. Is that good? All right, here's the game. It's rock, paper, scissors. Very, very simple. Okay? Hands at the ready. I'm not going to give you a practice. And this, the debate has always been on three, on three, or shoot it's one two three shoot got it regardless of the debate are you ready one two three shoot uh, what was that no 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 this was like I don't know what this was what was this this is not rock this is not paper this is not scissors I don't know what this is claw hand what is this Oh, my Lord, you lose. You just, start. by default, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're just done, dude. In this game. <laughs> you don't count. Not paper, scissors, not one, two, three. I told three, you, one, two, three, shoot. That was the instruction. Okay, congratulations, you're the timekeeper. He has 20 seconds. So when I tell you, when I say start, you, are, you hit the button. This is what you're going to guess. You are going to guess my wage at my first job out of college. So let me give you some context, okay? I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology, a minor in biology. This was 19... so, 1990 something. <clears throat> <laughs> Old, uh, and it was at a mental health agency. I was a child and adolescent case manager. So you, this is the hourly wage. Hourly, hourly wage. This is how much I made an hour at my first job with a college degree. Okay, in 1990 something, really close to 2000 something. Okay, so get your first guess, and as you guess. I will tell you higher or lower until you land. Now, you're going to have to be quick on your feet. Grandpa, we got the blue one? Check. Check? All right. Are you ready? Affirmative. Get set. Start. 12. Lower. 11. Lower. 10. Lower. 9. Lower. Higher. 13. Lower. 12. Lower. 1150. Lower. 10. Lower. 9. Higher. 950. Lower. 9.25. Higher. 9.30. Higher. 9.35. Higher. 9.40. Lower. 9.37. Lower. Uh, oh, you were so close. Are you ready? Oh, man, I I, I think you guys are going to share this one. This is really close. Here, Here is, well, I can't pull it out because it's stuck to itself. It's $9.36 an hour. High five on that, man. That's pretty good. Here, how about I do this? You guys share a six-piece box from Wine and Chocolates and Coffee. You good for that? Awesome. Well done. Woo! $9.36 an hour. So I'm curious. Let's have a brief discussion amongst yourselves in the pews. If you're sitting by yourself, you, you might have to just turn around or whatever. What was your first job outside of the home that you got paid for? And what did you get paid? And if, if you, we'll add a little bit more. If you went to college, what was your first job out of college? What was your first job out of high school, even if you didn't go to college? So I'm going to give you a few options there. You ready, set, take a moment, go with it have at it share amongst your people share amongst your, share amongst your people Wow. Jeez. Can't even buy a tank of gas with that. Jeez. All right, all right. So, I'm curious, um, I'm curious if anybody, if their first job, if your first job was McDonald's please raise your hand (laughs) yeah that was your first job um and i'm asking this question in honor of our youth pastor who is on deployment by the way so please continue to pray for him so your first job was mcdonald's now i'm really curious if anybody actually anybody else worked at mcdonald's within their times of working anybody do we have any hands all right you know what mcdonald's peeps i love you i was a mcdonald peep right that's so good uh lowest wage lowest wage do we have anything less than three dollars and twelve cents an hour okay do we have any keep your hands up any keep your hands up anything lower than three dollars an hour first wage anything lower than 275 holy moly anything lower than uh two bucks an hour anything lower than a dollar fifty an hour Lower than dollar twenty five an hour. A dollar ten an hour. Holy moly, you got gypped. A dollar an hour. Dollar an hour. Okay, ninety cents an hour. What did you do? Uh, eighty-five cents an hour. Seventy-five cents an hour. Well, I got I can't see that's Nita. Hi Nita. Alright, sixty cents an hour. 50 cents an hour, 25 cents an hour, okay, 50 50 cents an hour, who had 50 cents, okay, 45 cents an hour, okay, I'm curious, Nita. what was yours, 50 cents, John, what was yours, 5 cents an hour, 50 cents an hour, what was yours, Bruce, 50 cents, Lila, 50, wow, that's like a tenth of a tank of gas. It's crazy. So, Americans, um, <laughs> so Americans, we, and I'm spe- specifically talking about Americans here. I know that there, there might be others that, that are, may be listening online that are not from America, but we as Americans, statistics show that we work between 90 to 92,000 hours of our life. So, if you do some math, 92 or 90 to 92,000 hours there were several different statistical places that I checked but if you do the math that is uh, around if you, if you work it consecutively without rest without stopping 24 hours a day 7 days a week that's about 10 years of your life now if, if, you, if you give some rest meaning you work an eight-hour day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's around 30 years of your life. About one-third of your life is given, spent on work. Not to mention the education that you acquire in order to do the jobs that you do and your life is spent in work. You work so that you work with a wage or a salary, right? So that you may have health care, that you may have food, you may have shelter, you may have comfort, you may have warmth you can care for your families that you may be able to provide a vacation every once in a while some sense of leisure for your family hopefully you you are able to put into retirement for when you stop working those 30 years of your life right my hope is that you've chosen to give to God what is God's, and so part of that wage that you earn goes to the tithe and maybe even generosity, to charity outside of the church, to friends and family that you want to help. You spend about one-third of your life working. Don't you think it's about time we understand what Scripture Teaches us about working, about wealth, because we work to gain wealth, whatever that looks like. Whether it's paycheck to paycheck, that's still wealth. Or whether it's retirement and investments. And often, we get some things confused that our work equals our worth. And our wealth equals our worth. We need to start off with what Scripture teaches us about work. Now, regardless if you're retired, this still applies to you. Because we might find that our work has been in places, in certain places of our life, that they shouldn't be. So let's begin. Let's begin at the beginning because that's where we find the blueprint for our work life okay so let's get there it's Genesis chapter 1 Genesis chapter 2 if you have a Bible please pull that out if you don't and you have it on your phone open that app up first book of the Bible there's a pew Bible behind in front of you hopefully and if you don't own a Bible that Bible in the pew is yours take it please make it your own because we give our tithes and offerings, we, we, we think it's really important that you have that. Now, we're going to start in Genesis 1, um, and I'm going to have the scriptures up on the screen just in case, because I am going to skip around in a few things, okay? So we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and I'll let you know as we're skipping, okay? So, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and you're going to skip down and where it says... And God said, verse 3, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. Go to verse 26, same chapter. Then God said, This is day six now. We've moved through several days, okay? Then God said, Let us make man, humanity, in our image and in our likeness, and let them rule very important we won't touch on that today but that's very important let them rule over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the livestock over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground so god created man in his own image and in the image of god he created him male and female he created them and god blessed them now we're going to skip we're going to jump to verse 31 Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God saw all that he made. And notice what he said. And it was very good. Very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Now we're in chapter 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work. Notice statement he finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all his work and god blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done his first work split up in six days it was a creative work and we're not going to touch much on that today but work and creativity go together important that we understand that continue chapter 2 verse 7 and 8 we went from a wide angle lens and now we're zooming in onto this creative work it's a zoom in chapter 2 is kind of a zoom moment to the culmination of creation and it says the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life And the man became a living being. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. Now, notice what happens. The Lord God took the man, this is verse 15, and put him in the garden to work it and to care for it. Watch the blueprint unfold, okay? And the Lord God commanded the man, Adam, the first man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helper helper for him. The blueprint. As we see, after that moment of Forming and fashioning and filling the culmination of creation. He put Adam into the garden to work it. And care for it. God's original intention. And I think this is really important for all of us. Especially if we're in high school. And we're in college. Or around that age. It's really important for us to understand or even junior high, that God's original intention for mankind, for you and me, is that we do work. No amens on that, right? Zero. I kind of figured that. There is a narrative and a movement in the nation of not working. Have you noticed this? In 2022, it was the great resignation as a result of COVID. COVID shifted a lot of things in the work culture. So has social media. In 2022, it was the great resignation. Many, many people put in their resignations. Some of them wanted to shift their career, the trajectory of their career, and they did. Some of them move from one career to another. Currently, there are a lot of nurses this year that are going to back out of their career, looking for another career. But there was also in the Great Resignation many people who pulled out of their job and didn't go anywhere and didn't do anything. I've heard that the Great Resignation has become the Great Reshuffle, right? from one career or one job to another. But it's also become the great regret. Because there are many who have shifted who regret their shift. There is a tendency right now to just show up and they call it bare minimum Mondays. You ever heard of this? I I just learned this. Not only is there the Sunday blues, but the Sunday blues have kind of Bled into Monday morning. Okay, nobody's liked Monday morning for centuries, okay? But what's ending up happening in the workforce is that the Sunday blues, the anxiety, the trauma, the worry, the concern, the fear that envelops a person on Sunday, and sometimes it even happens on Saturday, it seeps into Monday And when they show up, wherever they show up to, they do the bare minimum. The original intention is that we work. It's the original intention. That you and I put ourselves into whatever it is that we do. Now, that's not a popular thing. So, if you're not a believer in here, I'm going to let you off scot-free for a second. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God wants you to work. He does want you to work. Regardless of the people that are around you, that are sitting idle who as you're doing your work and you're full of motion you're stocking those shelves you're expediting whatever it is you expedite you're teaching whoever it is you're teaching and the rest of those around you are not continue to do what you agreed to do Paul the Apostle Paul his story is a really interesting story starts in Acts chapter 9 he was first a Christian killer but Jesus transformed his life and he became a Christian maker a disciple maker and a church planter and as he was journeying and planting churches and encouraging churches he came across this church called Thessalonica or this, this city called Thessalonica And there, a revival happened. And as a result of the revival, he built into that church. And he found out that there were people in that church that they quit working. Because they believed that the Lord Jesus Christ was coming. And like, now. Now, that's not far off from true theology. Jesus Christ can come at any point in time. We better be ready soul-wise, heart-wise. But what they started to do was use Christ's coming as an excuse not to do anything. And they were idle. I-D-L-E. And he said, I'm warning those of you not to associate with the Christian who is idle because they are not busy but they are busy bodies. And they're disrupting the work around them that needs to be done in the kingdom of God and in the community through their gossip, their idleness. Idle, it's another word, it literally means lazy. Injurious. Injurious. And how many parents like repeating themselves? I don't think anybody does, right? I don't like repeating myself. Well, Paul, apparently the first letter didn't go over so well because there was still a group of people that were not busy. They were busy bodies. And his one sentence in the first letter went to a whole paragraph in the next letter. He said, listen, we served as an example for you. We did not become a burden to you. Because when we were there, we worked. We didn't want to be a burden to the church. We worked. We earned our food. And he even said, we have this phrase. You don't work, you don't eat. That's a paraphrase. If you don't work, you don't eat. Because what happens when we're idle, we ourselves become a burden to those around us, don't we? Now, I'm looking at a crowd who I know works really hard. I can list the many seniors in this room who gave themselves over to years and years and years of hard work. Wapak, Naz, I don't think that's an issue for you, of being idle. I-D-L-E. And if it is, and you're hearing this, I just challenge you to reset yourself and realign yourself. What I think a majority of us deal with is not I-D-L-E. It's I-D-O-L. That our work has become an idol. Now, in American, modern language, uh, idolatry is Christianese. We don't use idolatry outside of the church, do we? No, what we do is we take a tree, we chop it off, and we use the word idol, right? ABC took over American Idol from Fox. Back in 2000 and whatever, it started happening on Fox where you have this vocal competition and the vocalists pare down over the course of the season until one is elevated above another and the rest of them. And they become the American Idol. More often in our culture, it's, it's the athlete and the musician, that's the idol for us. If, how many of you, when you were teenagers, had people plastered all over your walls? Right? Oh, there it is, right? My brother had Diego Maradona and Pele on his walls right next to Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin. And then I stole his Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin and put them up on my walls. Now the Beatles up there, right? Back in, when I was a teacher... It was emo, all about emo, right? Black Flag, Fall Out Boy. I don't know, that right now I think it, what is it, Billie Eilish? And Avenged Sevenfold, Five Finger Death Punch. I I don't know, I I don't know what y'all are listening to, but... You might want to take a look at the lyrics of what you're listening to first, but we have this sense of elevating people. Idolatry is very simple. Anything or anyone. Anything or anyone. Wide open, right? Anything or anyone that is elevated, elevated to God's rightful place in your heart, in your mind and in your life. Our tendency with work, our tendency, American, is we utilize work in such a way that it, it is dispensed as an avoider and a deflecting of the problems that we have in our life. It's used as an excuse not to be present with the people who love us and that we love. Work has been a dispenser of anxiety and trauma, depression, and work has become the source it's our source think about again how much education we put into our work how much time we put into our work it is work that gives us the wage it is work that allows us to produce everything we consume everything that is comfortable for us work has become our source anything or anyone that is elevated bless you Man, we are loving people. Anything or anyone that has been elevated to where God's rightful place is in our life, in our mind, in our heart, that's idolatry. When we go back to this moment in Scripture, if I can find that moment, I can't find it. There it is. Genesis chapter 2, where it says, The Lord God made man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. That word work, we're going to Bible nerd it for a second, okay? This is not to impress, but to imprint. We don't Bible nerd to impress. We Bible nerd to imprint, okay, on our life. When you take that English word to work and you open up the curtain and look behind it, it's this word, avad. You can spell it A-B-A-D. Abad. But it's avad. And that word avad, when you go behind its curtain, there's a lot of meanings in the Hebrew word of that. Obviously it means to work. But it also means to cultivate. But the other thing that it means is worship. In fact, in the story of the Hebrew exodus out of Egyptian captivity where they were made to work. They were oppressed by their captive and forced to work. The Lord told Moses, go tell him, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. That word worship is the same word that God used right here when he put Adam in the garden to work it. Our work is supposed to be our worship, not of ourself, not of the things that we consume. Our work is not the source. We are to worship our God through our work. So, we are to evade God through our work throughout the day and throughout the week. Work equals worship, but we've confused it. We've worshipped our work as if our work is our source of meaning. We cannot confuse this because we have. You have, I have. We try to define ourselves by what we do. It's not the way it works. The blueprint is right there in Genesis 1 and 2. God valued Adam. He wanted to listen to his voice when he brought all the animals before him. It wasn't Adam's value by what he did. God already valued Adam. That's why his voice was valued. Here's the deal. We confuse this. All of us. When you were a kid, at career day, or even in these random moments, The question's always, hey, what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Who wanna be a pastor? Never did I say that ever. And when you're in junior high and high school, the question is, where are you gonna go to college? Let me just I've said this before, let me just say college isn't for everybody. All right? It's not. But when you get to that, that age, it's where are you going to go? If you're not going to college, what are you going to do? And when you get out of college and you're at graduation, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to be? It's ingrained in our culture. We've elevated it. And we've equalified our identity with our work. We've confused it. You. You define the work. You bring the meaning to the work. The work is not the source of your meaning. Because if work is the source of your meaning, at some point in your life, you will not be doing what you did. Will you? You talk to our seniors. They're not doing what they did. If you remove, if work is what you find your meaning in and your identity in and you remove that work, where is your identity? Where is your meaning? It's gone. You don't have it anymore. The blueprint says you bring the meaning to your work. You. Because your meaning isn't in your work. Your work is to worship the Lord our God. Of today You chop it off the knees if you are retired or you're on the way to retirement and work has become your idol you've used it to separate yourself from the people who love you you've used it as a distraction You've used it as a means of your meaning. Today is the time that I challenge you to repent of that. Repentance is just an about face of saying, you know what, Lord? For 40 years, it sucked everything out of me and I had nothing to give my family, and my family came second, my kids came second, my friendships came second, my relationship came second, you came second, the church came second, my spiritual life came second, Lord, I repent. If you are working today, if you are in the workforce, and you're idle, I-D-L-E, Very plain and simple. Work. If you were in the workforce today, whether you're a teenager or you're an adult or you're in the prime of it, hello. I don't know if I'm in my prime. I just thought I'd put that up there. How you doing? Take a very clear look at work for you. Is it your source of meaning? Is it your identity? Is it becoming a distraction? Is it keeping you from your family? Is it preventing you from having a true relationship with people that love you and with the God that loves you? It's time to put God at His rightful place in our life. So, do you mind just bowing your heads and your hearts for just one second I would like for you to have that conversation with the Lord whatever he's laid on your life and on your heart will you just have that conversation in the silence with the baby cooing, I love it if you need to repent go ahead God is not in his rightful place with your work, have that conversation. If you're finding meaning in your work and you're not bringing it to your work, have that conversation. If you're worshiping your work, have that conversation. If no one else gets it right, maybe you get it right. You are the source of our significance. And you're the source of all that we do. We live on borrowed breath. You're the one that gives us life. May our life worship you. Not just the hour and a half on Sunday but the rest of the week as well. Lord, whatever we do, may we do it with all our heart, as if serving you, not people, and not ourselves. May you have the rightful place in our life this week as we move throughout the work week will you remind us that our work is to be for your glory for your good and will you bless it will you grant us faith and will you prepare our hearts for next week's conversation as I'm very certain there are many that probably need to be somewhere else in the workplace in the workforce God give us wisdom and understanding of our life see it through your eyes I love you Jesus and I thank you for this wonderful group of people. Grant us your favor this week. It's in the name that we pray. Amen. Would you please stand? I know this was not, not an easy conversation. It was definitely not an easy, uh, easy thing for me to, to have that conversation because many people think, well, you're a pastor. You only work an hour and a half a week. So what do you got to say about work? Well, we'll talk about that. Hey, I love you. We love you, and you've been prayed for this week, and we continue to pray for you this week. Hey, will you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? And will you love your neighbor as yourself? We'll see you next week. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you were moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future He has for you, and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community, and to love people to Jesus.